Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. We are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It is called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano. It's an insider's look at the NBA and the culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA draft, John Wall will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. The Volume. All right, welcome to Hoops Tonight here at The Volume. Happy Wednesday, everybody. I hope all of you guys are having a great week so far. We are live on AMP, so if you're watching on YouTube or listening on the podcast feeds, don't forget that AMP is the very first place that you guys can get these shows. We are continuing our top 25 players the last 25 years today with number eight, the NBA's reigning finals MVP, Nikola Jokic. We also have a couple mailbag questions we're going to be hitting off the top. You guys know the drill before we get started. Subscribe to The Volume's YouTube channel so you don't miss any more of our videos. Follow me on Twitter at underscore JasonLT so you guys don't miss any show announcements. And if for whatever reason you miss one of these videos and you can't get back over to YouTube to finish, don't forget you can find them wherever you get your podcasts under Hoops tonight. Also, we're doing mailbag questions over the next couple of weeks. So any questions about absolutely anything, drop in the YouTube comments and we'll be hitting them at the top of the show before we get into each player on the list. Also, lastly, it may be the NBA offseason, but there's no shortage of events out there to attend. From baseball games, which are damn near impossible to find on television, to even concerts and comedy shows. And the best way to get tickets to any of these is on Game Time, the fastest growing ticketing app in the United States. For amazing last-minute deals on tickets to see your favorite baseball team, your favorite musician, or your favorite comedian, download Game Time. Again, it's not just sports. August means summer concerts and comedy shows across the country. And Game Time has your tickets. Download the Game Time app and redeem code HOOPS for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, download the Game Time app and enter code HOOPS, that's H-O-O-P-S, for $20 off. No matter where you live, Get out and have some fun this week. Download the Game Time app. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, let's talk some basketball. So we have two mail, technically three mailbag questions, but two of them are the same. So we're going to hit those here at the top. Uh, the second one actually is going to be kind of part of the Nikola Jokic thing. So we're gonna, gonna get, going to get into Jokic pretty quickly. But our first question is from KJ the Great. How do you feel about what Noah Lyles said 
about the NBA World Championship thing. You guys probably saw this on social media over the course of the last couple of days. Trackstar says basically he doesn't understand why NBA teams refer to themselves as world champions. So I think this debate is incredibly dumb. Why? Because I don't see many people refer to NBA teams as world champions. Technically, I've seen it be done before. You'll see it sometimes on broadcasts, right? It's definitely a... a a saying that has been used, but it's not like Americans who win the the NBA championship are walking around being like, I'm a world champion, I'm a world champion. No one refers to themselves like that. The vast majority of NBA players, the vast majority of NBA discourse refers to it as the NBA championship or winning the title or winning the championship. You don't say Steph is a four-time world champion. You say Steph is a four-time champion, a four-time NBA champion. So like, to me, it's like getting mad about a problem that doesn't actually exist. Um, but I do want to uh, push back on a couple of different talking points that I've heard because I've heard a lot of people say that the NBA is a domestic league. I don't necessarily think that's true. I mean, technically it is, but the NBA is a global sport. Three of the top five players in the NBA right now, per my player rankings, are not Americans. The, a good portion of you guys who listen to this show are not Americans. The NBA does have a very big global appeal. Obviously, it is a domestic league in the most literal sense of the word because that's where the franchises are located, but the all of the best basketball players in the world end up there. There is a massive chasm between the NBA and the second best professional league. It functions essentially as the top professional league in the world, and it has a great global appeal. It's one of the big reasons why I'm an NBA optimist about the future for the NBA, even though the NFL kicks the shit out of the NBA and the television ratings every year. It's because it is appealing around the globe. And I do foresee a future for the NBA where it is much more of a global sport than it actually is. So again, like, yeah, I agree in principle with the idea that referring to them as world champions as a domestic league is not necessarily semantically correct. I also think it's important to acknowledge the NBA for what it is, which is a global professional sports league that appeals around the globe, that draws all the best players in the world, and for a sport in basketball that is very much a global game. And so I think that people are minimizing the NBA if they just simply refer to it as a domestic league, because I don't necessarily think that's true. Um, All right, we have two other mailbag questions that are very related to each other and also very related to today's player that we're ranking, Nikola Jokic. So we're going to read the questions first, and then we'll actually answer the question when we get further down the list. From Shibolaway, do you feel the NBA has gone too far in the emphasis on skill players? For example, shooting from three as opposed to slashing, rim running, and post play. And then secondly, from Rowie to Don, I understand you prefer to rank perimeter players separately from centers, but it just comes down to impact on winning. If you are a GM, who are you drafting first? Kobe or Duncan? Shaq or Steph? Which player has the greatest impact on winning? Stop copping out by wanting two different lists. Rowie from the top rope. Um, we're going to talk about Nikola Jokic because in the uh, early part of that segment, I have some stuff that I think is going to help us answer both of those questions. So table that. Basically, what I'm looking at there is why do I rank bigs and, and, and perimeter players separately? And is there a case to be made that the league is leaning too heavily into skill and not into size and strength and trying to physically impose your will on a basketball game? We're going to get to that in a little bit. To start, though, number eight. And our top 25 players the last 25 years are reigning finals MVP Nikola Jokic. His accolades. Best player on a championship team in 2023. Three-time first-team All-NBA. Five-time All-NBA overall. Back-to-back regular season MVPs in 2021 and 2022. And then he won the NBA Finals MVP in 2023. 
Uh, really quick for those people who wonder why I have Giannis and Jokic so high, even though they're so early in their careers and guys behind them that have these longer resumes, because Giannis and Jokic both had a definitive claim to be the best player in the world at one point in time, which when I get to guys like Dirk and KG, I'm just not sure that they ever had that type of case, right? So even though they have longer resumes with more sustained success, and even though they are champions, I think that Giannis and Jokic reached a higher echelon in terms of the way they were measured against their peers than those guys did. So that's why I have them as high as I do. Nikola Jokic's claim to fame, in my opinion, is he's the first center to be able to anchor a championship team in the modern era. So one of the big reasons why I value perimeter players over centers, typically in this era, and one of the reasons why I rank them differently is that I fundamentally view them as different positions. Uh, I would uh, make it akin to like a quarterback versus a running back, right? And maybe that's a, not a perfect example, but the point is, is they fundamentally operate so differently within the offense that it doesn't make sense to compare a running back with a quarterback. The responsibilities on a basketball court that are fulfilled by a center are incredibly different than the the responsibilities that are fulfilled by perimeter players. Largely, a perimeter player can bring the ball in from the backcourt and get to where he wants to on the floor without needing someone to feed him the basketball in a specific spot. Nikola Jokic is actually uniquely one of the few centers in NBA history who doesn't really need to be set up in his spots in order to be effective. He can get to wherever he needs to get because he is that nimble, because he sees the floor that well, because he dribbles the ball that well. But we did have an era where big men ruled the league. And we're going to talk about that right now. MJ was kind of like this weird perimeter player dominance in an era ruled by centers. Like if you look at the 90s, it's like Patrick Ewing, Carl Malone, Hakeem Olajuwon, David Robinson, Dikembe Mutombo into the early 2000s, Tim Duncan, Shaq, Kevin Garnett, Dirk Nowitzki. You, these big guys ruled the league during those eras. As a matter of fact, we had a championship team anchored by a power forward or center in 1994 with Hakeem Olajuwon, 1995 with Hakeem Olajuwon, 1999 with Tim Duncan, 2000 with Shaq, 2002 with Shaq, 2003 with Duncan, 2005 with Duncan, 2007 with Duncan, and 2008 with Kevin Garnett. In a 15-year span, the team that hoisted the trophy was anchored by the best player being a big man 10 times in 15 years. So in that era, the center was the most valuable archetype of player. And you saw that in the results. But then the league changed. The league got smaller. The league got faster. There was a lot more pace to the game. There was a lot more spacing the floor and having to cover a lot of ground. And as a result, slower plotting players started to have a lot less success in the NBA. And you saw that in that following era. After that, 2009, best player on the championship team, Kobe. 2010, Kobe. 2011, Dirk. There's your outlier. 2012, LeBron. 2013, LeBron. 2014, Duncan. But again, he wasn't really a superstar player at that point. Tony Parker and Kawhi Leonard were equally or were similarly important to that team. 2015, Steph Curry. 2016, LeBron James. 2017, KD. 2018, KD. 2019, Kawhi. 2020, LeBron. 2021, Giannis, who I consider to be a perimeter player, and 2022, Steph, right? So we had a 14-year span where only twice did we see a big man anchor a championship team. And 
The Dirk Nowitzki team in 2011 was anchored by Tyson Chandler as an athletic center who fits more of a modern center mold, right? And Dirk Nowitzki effectively was just an isolation scorer on that team, a post-up scorer. He was a tip of a spear. And then in 2014, Duncan, the gap between him and the other players on his team was remarkably small. So we didn't have, for a 14-year span, we didn't have a single physically dominant big man lead a team to a championship. And you guys know how I evaluate the game of basketball. I respond to new information, right? And so, like, you guys notice I had uh, last year in my player rankings, I had Jokic at 7 and Embiid at 8. That's why. Because I was looking at modern NBA history, a decade and a half sample where big guys just didn't win. They just didn't. The perimeter players won. And the league had shifted through pace and through spacing, drive and kick, tons of movement required by the players on the floor had shifted towards perimeter players. And having a guy who could initiate your offense from a perimeter at a higher level than all of his peers was actually the best way to go about winning championships. I do fundamentally see those two archetypes as different. And so I do, I like for me personally, that's why I rank them differently. Now, to um, uh, Mr. Rowey, the guy who uh, uh, laid down the criticism there, I agree with your larger point, which is who contributes most to winning? Like it shouldn't matter what position. And you're right. And there are football teams in NFL history where the running back contributed more to winning than their quarterback did. But in this particular era, it's ex- ex- it's extremely rare for a big man to have impact on winning the way that big men did during the decade and a half prior. But that's what makes Jokic so interesting. He literally reversed that trend by dominating regular seasons for a few years and then proving that a slower-footed center could succeed in an NBA championship, right? So, like, as we look at NBA history, there are these partitions, there are eras as the game has changed. And so I do think that those two archetypes do matter. And we have seen, as the NBA has shifted, different archetypes rule different eras. In this era right now, I tend to lean towards perimeter players. Maybe Jokic ends up being the blip. Maybe he ends up being a trend. We don't know. Now, I would argue, personally, that Jokic's unique capabilities as a perimeter player are what allowed him to be the first center to reverse that trend. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. We are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It is called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano. It is an insider's look at the NBA and the culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and number one pick in the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. CJ will bring his A-list comedian buddies to keep it light and fire off some hoops takes. Plus, John will be inviting current and former NBA players, friends, and teammates to join the show as well to give their unfiltered accounts 
of what really goes on in the league from a player's perspective. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Does the craziness of everyday life leave you feeling stressed and shedding? Since having kids, have you started to see a little more of your scalp? Are you unhappy with your hairline? When it comes to thinning hair, there are many root causes at play, and Nutrafol addresses them through a multi-targeted, whole-body approach. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement, with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, and faster-growing hair with less shedding. Physician-formulated with drug-free ingredients, Nutrafol supports healthy hair growth from within by targeting key root causes of thinning, stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, lifestyle, and metabolism through whole-body health. Take their hair wellness quiz at Nutrafol.com for a personalized hair health plan based on your specific root causes. With Nutrafol, building a hair growth routine is simple. Purchase online, no prescription, or doctor's visits required. Free shipping and automated deliveries ensure you'll never miss a day and you'll see results in three to six months. Take the first step to visibly thicker and healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription. And free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code Hoops. That's H-O-O-P-S. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and stylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code Hoops, H-O-O-P-S. That's Nutrafol.com, promo code Hoops. How did Jokic dominate this playoff run? By being completely unguardable offensively. How was he completely unguardable offensively? By basically being the offensive fulcrum of the team in two-man games starting from the perimeter with Jamal Murray and by making plays out of the post. But in many cases, he's bringing the ball up the floor. In many cases, he's the one making most of the decisions. It's not like dumping the ball down to Tim Duncan on the block. It's fundamentally different. He operates functionally like a point guard for the team. And so I would argue it's more Nikola Jokic's ability to do both. To be a perimeter player and be the center that has allowed him to break that mold. And I do think the league is going to continue to favor perimeter players, including perimeter players like Jokic, as we uh, as we kind of move into the future here. Now, to the second mailback question, the idea that, you know, uh, are we leaning too heavily on skill? The reality is, is it doesn't matter whether or not you're a skilled team or a physical, physically imposing team or some combination of the both. It's how good are you at them? We think about the, the 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 statement styles make fights, right? Which essentially means like matchups matter, right? But to me, I've always looked at it differently. It's not about the styles that make the fights. It's which style wins the fight. If a big strong team plays an overly skilled team, but the overly skilled team is more skilled than the big strong team is good at being big, then the skilled team will win. But if the big strong team is better at physically imposing their will on games than the skilled team is capable of using their skill to impose their will on games, then the big team is going to win. And we've seen that recent NBA history. We've got the uh, uh, the Warriors teams from like 2017, 2018, 2015. They were not physically imposing teams. 
but they won with skill and then they defended at an extremely high level, but not in terms of physicality, but just work and rotations and guys like Clay Thompson and Steph Curry committing to the defensive end and containing at the point of attack. They weren't bullying teams. But then we go into this era where big teams kind of rule, right? Like the 2020 Lakers were huge. The 2021 Bucks were huge. The 2023 Nuggets were huge. But when you have this random team in there in 2022 with the Warriors that was relatively small and killed teams with high-level skill. So, like, the reality is, is the question is not whether or not a team is leaning into the wrong thing. It's you should lean into what you're good at. Like, if you're a team that has a ton of size, lean into that as your archetype. If you have a team that has a lot of skill, lean into that as your archetype. And if you are an extremely skilled team, I believe you can win with skill. And if you're an extremely big, physically imposing team, I think you can win with that. So hopefully that answers that particular question. Now, Nicole Jokic's archetype. 6'11 center with 7'3 wingspan, 284 pounds. Big dude. Super nimble. Uh, has some of the best footwork I've ever seen from a big man in terms of just being sharp with his pivot foot and not traveling, getting to his spots without getting bumped off of his base outrageous hand-eye coordination. I actually think it's safe to say at this point that no big man has ever demonstrated better touch on short range, push shots, floaters, and hook shots than Nikola Jokic has. He's one of two players in the NBA that I currently consider to be unguardable. There isn't a single NBA center that has demonstrated the ability to consistently make Jokic look uncomfortable in single coverage. Even guys like Rudy Gobert and Draymond Green and Anthony Davis, they might get a block every once in a while or steal every once in a while. They might make some plays, but in a large sample size, Jokic is going to get com- get comfortable in single coverage against those guys. So if you leave Nikola Jokic in single coverage, he's going to score two out of three times. In two-man game, if you stay glued up to Jokic... He's such a damn good screener that Jamal Murray's going to come off and get a wide open pull up jump shot. If you guard it in a traditional drop coverage, you're going to give up a pocket pass to Nikola Jokic and he's going to make that floater two out of three times. So you have to send multiple defenders against him in post up situations. You have to guard pick and rolls three on two. And he happens to be one of the best passers in the league with outstanding shooting on the back end to make you pay consistently. He is fundamentally unguardable. There is no answer. You have to either choose to get killed in two-on-two and one-on-one coverage or to leave his teammates open and let him beat you from three. The only way is to try to outscore him, them, by punishing Jokic on the other end for his slow-footedness, right? But the problem is, is he's worked really, really hard in his career to kind of mitigate those issues. Like, he... What, what, what are the things that... I've talked about this on the show before, but like, why do I think slow-footed centers struggle in the NBA? Transition, pace, getting up and down the floor, guarding in space when teams space you out, right? Those are the two big reasons that I that big men struggle, typically, in the modern NBA. But as we look closer at it, like, Jokic is actually one of the best transition bigs in the league. The dude just sprints every time he has, every time he needs to. And is he the fastest sprinter in the world? No. But when he sprints consistently... He's going to mitigate most of the transition damage that you could do. And I'd even take it a step further. Jokic's transition sprinting is actually starting to cause problems for his for the people he's going against who don't run the floor, which is a lot of the bigs in the NBA. And then they just found a way to guard with him in pick and roll. They were like, hey, if, if we're going to use you at the level of the screen, you got to have active hands. 
so that you can make things a little more difficult to pass out of so that we can have a better chance to rotate on the back end, right? That's what he's done. He's worked really hard to be an active, high pick-and-roll defender with his hands, getting hands on pocket passes, deflecting or making harder skip passes. He's turned himself into an average defensive player, which is mitigated damage done on that end, which has made it so that his offensive gifts can rise to the surface, right? And so now it's even harder than ever to try to outscore them on the other end of the floor. Crowning achievement for Nikola Jokic was winning the 2023 NBA championship. Averaged 30 points, 14 rebounds, and 10 assists on 63% true shooting. Made two threes per game on 46% shooting. Again, this was a perimeter player, guys. He's a perimeter player functionally operating as a center. He lit up Rudy Gobert in the first round, lit up DeAndre Ayton in the second round, lit up Anthony Davis in the third round, lit up Bam Adebayo in the fourth round. Legitimately three of the top five defenders at his position, and none of them could do anything to stop him. And the Nuggets never even felt like they were, remote, were remotely in danger. Even when Phoenix got it to 2-2, you just knew they were going to get their ass kicked in 5-6, and six, and they did. He left absolutely no doubt. Not only did he clearly demonstrate that he's the best basketball player alive, he reversed two seemingly unbreakable NBA trends. One, again, a 14-year span where we did not have like a legitimate bona fide superstar center leading a team to an NBA championship. 14 years in a row, he broke that trend. And then it had literally been decades since a non-defending champion who wasn't a top 10 defense won an NBA championship, and he broke that trend as well. So not only is he the best player in the world, but he's shattering what our established norms are in the NBA. The biggest what if, Nikola Jokic's career, in my opinion, is what if Jamal Murray did not tear his ACL in the 2021 season? Jokic was playing at a similar level in those two years and just didn't have the talent necessary to push teams over the top. 2021 in particular was a wide open year. That's a year they could have got it. 2022, they were super competitive with the Warriors, obviously just lacked that top end talent, especially in late game situations. It's very possible that we could be a lot further along in the Jokic, uh, further along in the Jokic train had he had some better luck with his teammate in his ACL. All right, guys, that is all I have for today. We will be back tomorrow with number seven. As always, I appreciate you guys, and we will see you then. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. 
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.